Welcome to the I Work For Him Power Pod. I'm Michael Miracle, producer for I Work For Him, the voice of the faith and work movement. We are on mission to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. Each quick listening power pod is designed with you in mind and jam-packed with kingdom resources to help you connect your faith and work. How will this impact your workplace? Let's find out right now. However you hear the show today, just know that our guest and myself, we prayed that the Lord would speak through us and that you would be touched. And this topic today is a topic that all of us need to sit down, slow down, and really, really think about. Sending an email. It's innocent enough, right? Wrong. So often in today's world, we think we're talking with someone when in fact we may be screaming at them or demeaning them or miscommunicating with them. We've lost the art of communication. We call it talking, but it's really texting. We call it talking, but it's really emailing. But there's hope. Take a breath before you respond. Think before you text or email. Think before you hit send. Those words you write can never be retracted. In fact, they'll be on a server for life. But with forethought, you can prevent so much pain and suffering. Today, we talk with Emerson Egerich. He's the founder of Love and Respect Ministries. Love and Respect Ministries, a ministry that Martha and I love so much. Love and Respect is a book we have given away hundreds and hundreds of times. He along, Emerson Egerich, along with his wife, Sarah, who they're, they're authors, they're speakers, they lead marriage conferences. He's passionate about God's perspective on communication in marriage and relationships. Emerson has released a new book, Before You Hit Send, Preventing Headache and Heartache. Emerson Egerich, welcome back to I Work For Him. Honestly, I struggled the entire day after I read the book, and I told Martha, I'm like, honey, that book smacked me between the eyes so many times, I didn't like it. But I liked it. I liked the book, because it was so real. But it reminded me of so many times I've screwed up with hitting emails or sending text messages or whatever. You're a marriage and communication expert. You've done, I mean, Love and Respect, one of my favorite books. Martha and I give that to every couple that we mentor. Why did you decide to tackle the issue of written communication in the 21st century? What was it about it that you said, i got to write this book before you hit send? Well, I think this content really has been something I've tried to apply since I was uh, a sophomore in college. And these principles in the book, you know, I did not discover them. Socrates is credited with three of the four that we use as a checklist. And uh, I have tried to operate that way uh, over the years. And my daughter, Joy, who's um, in her mid-30s, She's the one that said, Dad, you know, you you have a message here. This has been part of who you are, and we need to get that message out. And, of course, it's not a marriage book per se. It's a communication book. Right. But communication uh, applies to the married. It applies to all of us. And so uh, HarperCollins asked me to consider writing this book, particularly in light of the fact that I think we're all cognizant of the fact that we're leaving a digital footprint. And as you referenced, it isn't going to – there's no backspace there's no delete, and even though we think we can delete it, there are servers out there that are collecting everything, and someone would have to have their head buried in the sand not to be listening to the news to realize the consequences that people are suffering because they hit send on something, they communicated information that uh, can be collected, and as one person said, everything we write, everything we say, 
on the internet right now, you you should be anticipating that that's going to be read in a deposition before the Supreme Court. <laughs> it's so true. Should you decide to run for political office, everything you say can and will be held against you for sure. All right. So, but a lot of times we write books from our hearts. We write books from our experience. Is there? Have you ever had the issue of? You know, this is kind of the opposite of James one nineteen. This is you know, click before you know. You know, click send before thinking. This is, you know, James one nineteen says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. This is quick to send, you know, quick to email and slow to think before you do it all. I mean, has this ever been an issue for Emerson Egrich? Well, it's an issue for every one of us. It's certainly an issue with me. And I think when people say things to me, let's say in an email that hurt me or offend me, I, impulsively I want to read back or respond back and hit reply or hit send on my correspondence to tell them that they ought not to feel the way they feel, that they've offended me, they've hurt me, we're angry, you know. Uh, These are real emotions, and this is an issue in my life, it's an issue in everyone's life that I've ever met. And so the challenge is, what do we do at these moments where people uh, misjudge us, they say things that are incorrect, or we think they are saying things that are incorrect, and uh, is there any checklist of sorts that can guide us so that, you know, <laughs> years ago, guys said, I, I I not only put one foot in my mouth, I put both feet in my mouth, and then I wondered why I couldn't walk, you know, and many of us need to see that metaphor for what it is, and we end up saying things that we ought not to say. <laughs> that woman said, you know that little thing in the back of your brain that tells you not to say something before you say it? So, yeah, I, I, I don't have that little thing. <laughs> I have friends that say, my filter, it's really big. I have a big filter. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, and and one of the challenges is, do we really believe that if we misspeak, miscommunicate, and it's not just text-to-text, it's voice-to-voice over a cell phone, uh, it is face-to-face. I mean, the before you hit send is not just dealing with the digital world, it's also dealing with any kind of interpersonal communication. Mm -hmm. And the question is, why, why would we... Um, step over certain boundaries. Oh, because we assume that if we're hurt or we're offended or we're angry, that we feel justified and in saying what we are about to say. And maybe we are justified, but, you know, that statement, you can be right but wrong at the top of your voice. And this ends up undermining our credibility. And my question to all of us is, how important is our credibility to us? There are a lot of people today who really don't care. If they live in California, they get on the Internet and somebody in New York says something, they just come at them with Tourette syndrome, and there is this uh, spewing out. And the question I'm asking people is, does, does your reputation not matter to you? You know, and in terms of the work arena, and you know this, but many business people, owners now, who are about to hire people, after they've gone through an interview, go on that person's Facebook. They're determining the quality of that person, the heart of that person, based on what they're saying on Facebook. And that's reminiscent of what our Lord said, that the the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. And instinctively, these owners know that if we read what this person is saying, it's probably going to give us a pretty good indication of who they are and what's in their deepest heart. And our credibility as Christ followers in our workplaces, which is what this show is all about. How do we put our faith into action with what we hear on Sunday and what we do in our 9 to 5? Our credibility is critical if we're going to get that opportunity to share how Jesus Christ has made an impact in our lives. Talking the book about why we, in this case, wouldn't you know, say something that's that's not true, and it's 
And here's what I found. Many people are good-willed, and it's not that they're going to be liars per se, but let's take a peacemaker. Many of you who are listening are peacemakers. You don't like conflict. And so there's a tendency to prevent conflict and keep the peace by hedging a little bit on the truth. Your heart's in the right place. I click my heels and salute you. Your heart's in the right place. You're a peacemaker. But you and I both know if we sit down and look at it, you know what? You kind of hedged on the truth here to keep the peace. Uh, We might say you might even have lied to keep the peace. And so in the book, I unpack the the reasons that good-willed, good-hearted people end up compromising on some of these things. And sometimes they have the greatest of intent. But uh, that doesn't mean that it's right. And so the challenge for all of us is to think through, is that which I'm about to say really the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? Emerson, as you wrote this book, I know you probably got feedback from lots of people as you're writing it. What were some of the the positive kudos that you got for? Emerson, I'm really glad you wrote this book because what were some of the things that people said to you about why they love this book? Well, many people have commented on the title itself before you hit sin. They all say, I love this. I love this. I love it, you know, because we all recognize this. I think at the same time, your comments earlier, it's kind of like they read the book and think, oh, wow, wow. Because what I tried to do was create the scenarios. This is why I love to have this in the hands of every Christian high school student, of Christian schools across the country, if they would have this as a signed reading, because the young people need to realize there is a digital footprint and World Wide Web means worldwide, and social media means it's social, and uh, you can't take it back. And so the challenge for us is to get this in the hands of young people would be my, one of my great desires. But I think we have the, 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 the two sides of this, great excitement, but then I think here's what we're up against. We all know that we ought to think before we speak. When we were four years old, our parents told us that. So one of the challenges I'm up against personally is we all kind of know this. I know this information. So part of what I've tried to do in this book is to make it simple. Here's the checklist of four things. Just quickly ask oneself if, in fact, these four all align. In fact, we spent some large dollar sums to see if these four areas are distinct, and the researcher came back and said they were blown away by the statistically significant difference. Each of these are like four legs on a table. And if you don't have one of these in place, it's going to undermine your credibility as a communicator. You will not be effective. And if you're trying to get the right idea across to people, they won't get it, and they'll end up getting the wrong idea. And my question, Jim, is why are we not doing what we all kind of know we ought to do, and that is think before we speak? My question to you is why are we not thinking as clearly as we should before we communicate, whether it's through text, through voice-to-voice, face-to-face. In your opinion, why are people not doing what they instinctively know that they ought to do? Because I, I think as you know, parents, we, don't, we trained our kids to speak. We really didn't spend enough time doing proper etiquette with a computer. I mean, I just don't think, or with texting, you know, texting kind of hit us when our kids were in middle school and, and it kind of came on by storm and I didn't even get it. And I, you know, and so I didn't take any time to say, Hey, here's appropriate texting and then emailing, just understanding that this is real communication. I don't think as parents, we spent enough time really talking about it. I know my parents didn't tell me about it because they didn't have any idea, but me, I knew better. I should have spent more time raising my kids up. I'm teaching them all about Christ. I'm teaching them all about what the scriptures have to say. But I never took that James 1.19 and shifted it and said, what you say also includes written communication. I, I really think it's just, it, it's, a parent, it's a parental thing. 
Well, and my question is, what do you do when you're about to hit send? What are some of the insights you have from your experience? What do you do that guards you? Well, because I'm one of those guys that was known to be foot-in-mouth disease, I don't know if I have ever had both shoes in my mouth, but I'm pretty sure I probably did, that I learned because of the mistakes, the pain that it caused by, by the apologies that I had to offer up because of things that I said, that when I'm angry, I will write the email when I'm angry, and then I'll save the draft. And then the next morning I come up, if I still feel like anything I said is valuable, I'll rewrite it. Otherwise, I just file it away. I just stop because I just got tired of the pain of having to apologize. That's what got me to stop because I realized that words could be so misconstrued. And when you're angry, it comes across in an email. Even when you're not angry, even when you're happy, it comes across wrong sometimes in emails and texting. So I just learned to pause. But that was a really big lesson for me because I am a steamroller going downhill. Sarcasm. You mentioned sarcasm. Sarcasm is lost in emails and texting. Nobody understands it. All it is interpreted as is true anger. Isn't that true? Well, absolutely. Or, you know, uh, anger or you're really just slicing me apart as a human being. You're attacking my character. And I need to say, if we've got a good relationship, if you and I were best of friends since our early days and I said something, you know, it's not going to um, destroy a relationship because I could say, no, I can see how you read that. I was trying to be silly, but what a stupid comment. And we're good to go. But when we're doing that toward people who don't know us, when we're going on Facebook, and, you know, we have 2,250,000 people following us on Facebook. And, you know, I one of my encouragement is for people to think before they say things because you end up just no one listens to you if if you're way out there and you're using sarcasm or you, if you don't if you don't let your reader know that you're trying to be silly with an icon of some sort you know we end up in just rupturing relationships and my question is do we really believe that we're influencing people when we're offending people i do not believe that at the end of the day we're going to influence the human heart if we use sarcasm use anger tell people off it just simply doesn't work. And it, 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 it is the question that I'm asking people, why are we doing this? Do we not care? And furthermore, you know, Christ himself said, every careless word we're going to give an account for. And it was very sobering for me. I wasn't raised in the church when I suddenly realized everything I say, I speak before an audience of one. And even though that person out there may have done me wrong, I still have a responsibility before the Lord who loves me to guard my mouth, to guard my lips. He takes this and digs this out to such depth. Is this communication true? Is this communication kind? Is this communication necessary? Is this communication clear? And as Emerson said, the first three, based on something that Socrates said 2,300, 2,200 years ago, asking true, kind, necessary, clear. You've been listening to your to the I Work For Him radio program with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers, our workplace. It's our mission field, but ultimately, I work, I for, work him. for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him Power Pod with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more? Hear the full broadcast at IWorkForHim.com. Stay connected and receive power pack content when you sign up for our blog at IWorkForHim.com or follow us on social media at IWorkForHim. And finally, if today's message inspired you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review helps launch more workplace missionaries across the nation. That's at I Work For Him and online, IWorkForHim.com.